1: Junior, he did. hello everyone welcome back to road of his overtime on road of his radio brought to you by blue wire my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland and as always i am joined by sean siegel um, who you can check out all his great work as always up on rotovis.com sean we are just shortly after doing a draft in the football guys players championship which was a, a lot of fun some of the listeners may have already heard one or two of those episodes as we we're dropping this one here then on tuesday so if you haven't checked out that draft head back and listen to it we've got a lot of positive feedback over the last couple of months for the drafts that we've done so that may be the last one or we may get one more before the season starts but it's uh basically here in the process of me and sean trying to make those decisions while on the clock and trying to see how we build those rosters i won't spoil too much but uh it's quite a heavy zero zero RB approach that we did take in that draft. So head back, check that out if you haven't already. But Sean, we are going to have a little bit of fun today as we talk through some of your recent work up on the website as we look at four undervalued foundation backs that you can build your fantasy teams around. So looking forward to this one.
2: Yeah, and you mentioned the draft, fairly heavy zero RB. We wanted to go with an extreme ultimate zero RB team for our official Rotoviz OT football guys championship roster. If we get our zero RB candidates to hit, then we should be in a position to blow the league away and hopefully win the $500,000. So that will be a lot of fun. Looking at Foundation backs. We didn't select these guys in our draft. Obviously, going a little bit of a different direction, but column. There are some players who are sitting in that running back dead zone, and it's a little bit of a surprise that they're not more popular with fantasy participants. And we're gonna look at four guys today. I've set this article up as a little bit of a man versus machine. Now the machine is Dave Cabin's range of outcomes tool where we have the historical matches and we have the range of outcomes based on that, looking at what similar players have done in the past and how that fits into just informing the future for us a little bit. Now the tool doesn't know about situation for these guys. And so in a lot of cases when a player looks to be undervalued by some of the the tools, we go in and say, okay, well look, I mean, because of players who were added or the different direction the team wants to go, we know that those guys are not the values they look like. One of the things I thought was fun about these four guys that I picked out is it's a difficult question, I think. And so I'll be interested to get your take on it. I give mine obviously in the article. We're starting out with Miles Sanders. He's the running back 20 by ADP. He's the running back 12 by the range of outcomes tool. It projects him to have 13.8 points per game, a low of 11.3, a high of 17.3. Those are the 25th and 75th percentile outcomes. Obviously, there are still some scenarios outside of those ranges. When we get in and we look at his historical matches, we have some names I think fit very well and some names that might raise some eyebrows. So we have Joe Mixon's 2018 season, C.J. Anderson's 2014, Eddie Lacy's 2014 Lamar Miller's 2014, Jamal Charles 2014, Michael Ashore from 2012, and DeMarco Murray from 2013. So a lot of people might think, well, I know that what we're looking at here are the production profiles, experience, some of those kinds of things, but maybe talent also matters. C.J. Anderson, may be not as talented as Sanders. Jamal Charles, obviously, we would say is more talented. But it is a Charles, a year removed from that massive 2013 season. Column, we get some all-over-the-place results when we look at what happens for these guys the subsequent season. Mixon averaged 14 points per game. C.J. Anderson sort of collapsed down to 11. Eddie Lacy really collapses down to 10. Lamar Miller at 14.5. Jamal Charles at 21 but only plays five games so we get some reminder of the injury issues all of these backs could deal with Lashore only plays a single game and then DeMarco Murray kind of the breakout from this group and I think that he's probably the outcome that Miles Sanders drafters are looking for he scored 22 points per game the following season do you like Sanders as a guy who could sort of re-emerge in 2021 we know that he's athletic. We know that he can create some big plays out there in both the passing game and obviously as a rusher, but there are some guys behind him and there are concerns though it, Jalen Hurts at the helm that maybe this offense number one won't be that dynamic and number two won't be favorable to the running back position in a variety of ways.
1: Yeah, so we did touch a little bit on the Eagles and the the draft when we were talking through some of the options there, but I just think again there's so many question marks around the offense in general and then you know they have kenneth ginwell coming in boston scott is there so there is a lot of question marks but you know i i think that the talent is there um but i i just don't really know now if you mention back to the draft that we just did um his current adp is running back 2020 20. he's gone off the board in this in the fifth round as running back 23 so i think that when he gets into that range look he, he can be quite interesting but this is the conversation that we tend to have over and over again regarding these guys so in the fifth round he went one pick after our selection we selected t higgins as wide receiver 20 if you give me a selection between miles sanders and t higgins and you ask me to make it 100 times i think i'm probably going to select t higgins 100 times um so that's where it would come down to, to me um, i think versus the range also that he's tending to go in is in and around the likes of uh, etn Um, And Javante Williams tends to go in that range as well. I I think that they're probably two of the options I'd be going for but He's just there's just too many wide receiver options going there for me in that that particular range. Is that where you're at with with Sanders?
2: Well, my verdict was to buy him when he drops, right? So one of the things that we see are some of these guys who appear to be a value, but they're a value that doesn't fit your structure then you're kind of looking to get sort of multiple values out of them. So he probably slides in earlier in the running back rankings than where he's going. But we also know that we can't take him against the T. Higgins. But if he falls another half of a round, then he maybe moves into that range where he's beyond the wide receiver tier break. I think once he gets there, then you definitely go after him and get him. And we know that based on his ADP, he does slide there sometimes. So that's how I would look at Sanders. him the second running back, David Montgomery. This is someone we still get emails from listeners all the time saying thank you for pointing him out. uh, At sort of the two-thirds mark last season, the strength of schedule streamer, this great tool that Dave Cabin has built, was just screaming out that you've got to get him. The schedule is about to move in a direction where he does not have to be a good reality player to score a bunch of fantasy points. And that was always the question. David Montgomery through sort of a season and two thirds was not a good player. And there's still a question about his ability now, but it's, it's kind of funny the way four or five games against bad defenses can turn an entire industry around on you in terms of what your talent is, because David Montgomery is now back to being running back 17, where if you had done a draft draft, prior to that streak at the end of last season i mean he's going to be going in the range of you know guys like james Conner and that type of player right now he moves back into the running back dead zone he's kind of smack dab in the middle of it and Colin, unlike some of the other guys there we're really looking at him as being the workhorse now damian williams was good with the chiefs a couple years ago he supposedly has been good in training camp There's the question of if Cohen is going to be able to really contribute much at all this season. His rehab is not going well. That element has really launched Montgomery as the season has gone along. But we look at his profile. He was number seven overall in expected points last season. Even without the efficiency, that's going to give you some good results. The range of outcomes tool projects him as running back 10 but he's going at running back 17. So again, a fairly decent value. Now his matches are that same season from Lacey, the 2011 season from Ryan Matthews, the 2019 season from Saquon Barkley, 2012 from DeMarco Murray, 2018 from Mixon, and 2017 from Melvin Gordon. This one, and I should say here, and I, and I do stipulate in the article, this is built on... 50 matches. So the 50 closest guys I've taken the the very closest ones just to give a little bit of a feel for how it works and to discuss some guys and to point out that it's difficult to maintain fantasy production. I think one of the hardest things to really wrap your head around as a fantasy participant is this idea that the players are going to have a hard time maintaining just the scoring levels they had in the past, right? Cause you go in and you look at the seasons where players weren't injured and you're like, the guys who are good veterans I mean, they're scoring consistently all the way through. Why should I expect them to score fewer points? Well, a lot of that is just simply looking at it after the fact once we already know what's happened. If you go and pull out the guys who actually did fall off and look at them, you'd be like, well, it was obvious they weren't going to maintain their production. Those guys aren't as good. And it's like, you know, hindsight gives you a lot more insight into that than as it's going along when you pull up the closest matches from these players and you're not simply picking out guys that you know did well or you know did poorly then you get some very different types of results and a lot of times you see like oh i didn't really remember that this guy fell off this guy fell off in this season you know maybe i was looking through and this guy was pretty consistent but the one year he was bad that's also relevant right and so anyway we have these matches they're kind of interesting most of the matches for Montgomery are not nearly as good as those names that I mentioned those names that I mentioned do raise some red flags for me because Saquon Barkley and Melvin Gordon are just very different kinds of talents and even players like Ryan Matthews and DeMarco Murray we know are far more athletic and so the fact that those guys all had pretty good seasons that means a little bit less to me but when I'm talking about 50 matches then it makes me more confident again so I'm going to throw it over to you. You've got to make your second pick. Do you like David Montgomery? And I know, Colin, again, you're not going to pick David Montgomery because he's sort of out of structure for us. But if you were in a draft where you were forced to pick a running back, say you're in a shallow half PPR league or you're in a standard league, we get questions about those formats from time to time. They are relevant. You do draft differently in those. If you're sitting on the clock in one of those formats and Montgomery's available, but you could wait a little bit for somebody else, what's your take on Montgomery?
1: If if we're going really down just to pure kind of rankings and picks, I think Montgomery seems, he's one of those guys, and this is why he's in the dead zone, he seems like a safe guy based on production and that he's going to have a certain amount of carries no matter what. Those are the things, and I know Ben's been talking about that a lot this offseason, those are the things that can vanish very quickly depending on how the player's playing, but I feel like Montgomery is good enough that the Bears are going to continue to play him and continue to give him those opportunities. And the players then that are around him at the running back position, I don't think are really going to push him to move him completely off the field. So I don't think the upside is there with him, but I think he fits a little bit for me into the Mike Davis, Chris Carson kind of area there. And that's exactly where he's going. Um, In the range that he tends to go, we have the likes of Dobbins and DeAndre Swift. And, I just think the the upside's higher there. I do actually have David Montgomery on a, a couple of dynasty rosters that I picked him up from. You mentioned the uh, strength of schedule from last season. I got him quite quite cheap at that time. Helped me a lot and had some shares from rookie drafts previous to that. So he is somebody I think if you're in those sort of formats can give you that weekly floor. I just think the the ceiling's always just going to be a little bit a little bit limited with him.
2: Yeah, and and that was the verdict for me as well. Draft if you want a floor in your RB1. He's going to be out of structure for a lot of the things that we do, but his workload within the context of this offense I think is encouraging and it's a little bit surprising he's not being drafted earlier. There are some worse bets who are being made at even much higher prices, and we just want to make sure we stay away from those guys.
0: Hey everybody, this is Dave Cabin from the Rotoviz flagship podcast, just stopping by to say thank you for listening to Rotoviz Radio. We're offering our listeners a special 10% discount when they use the promo code RVRadio 2021 at checkout. Again, that's 10% off a one-year subscription when you use the promo code RVRadio 2021. Thanks for listening and keep on tuning in.
2: The third back, Josh Jacobs, he's got an even a little bit larger split, right? He is going as the running back 22. The RLO likes him as the running back eight. Projects it at 14.1 points per game with a high of 17.5. last season, he slipped to minus 7.8 fantasy points over expectation. And so uh, people are souring a little bit on a guy who just a year ago was looked at as a potential star. For me, it's not changing a lot about what I thought on Jacobs. He was wildly overvalued at the round one, round two turn last year. A little bit like a guy like Ezekiel Elliott is probably overvalued this year. His path to getting the touches he needed wasn't very good. His talent profile still left a lot to be desired. The idea that the Raiders would score enough points to justify a pick anywhere in that range Uh, seemed difficult right now the Raiders offense did move forward a little bit but Jacobs was not a part of that now we have a guy who is much much less expensive still the same player I think when you look at what Kenyon Drake did last year where he was the pure run into the line and fall down guy for the Arizona Cardinals I guess I'm not that scared of him taking these receiving touches. Now, we know that the Raiders have said, oh, he's such a good receiver, we're even going to use him as wide receiver a little bit. <laughs> you know, you could have whatever idea you want, but you're going to have to use these players at what they're good at in the NFL. And so, you know, you've got Brian Edwards, who's an interesting guy. You've got Henry Ruggs, who's an interesting guy. You've got, you know, maybe the best tight end in the NFL. Those are the people you're going to be throwing passes to. And then when you're making decisions on who to hand it to, You know, Josh Jacobs still profiles as a far superior talent to a Kenyan Drake. So as we're looking through at him and some of his matches, Lynch, Gordon, Mark Ingram in 2014, I think, is an interesting one. Because Mark Ingram is really kind of the talent level that I see Jacobs at, you know, another Joe Mixon season in there. One of the things that's interesting about these guys, we're in this sort of second, third year for these players. All three of these players we've mentioned so far are year three Running backs. We're getting a few matches on guys who are in this range where they're big enough and they have some pass catching ability, but also a pass-catching ceiling. And so this is the profile the range of outcomes tool is telling us is a little bit undervalued. We do know why fantasy drafters would be skeptical though. Column thumbs up, thumbs down on Josh Jacobs.
1: Well, Josh Jacobs, actually, for me, I would say pretty much everything I said about David Montgomery except for the fact that Drake's there and you mentioned how much of an underachiever he was last year Business opportunities I think Josh Jacobs as well I, I know there's only a couple of spots in terms of like the running back position that they're going at so in the most recent draft we did Montgomery went at running back 17 Jacobs went at running back 22 but the difference in that is the 311 versus the 501 So I think that they're very, very similar, and you're getting basically a full-round discount there as well. So I prefer to have Jacobs, but you mentioned he was overvalued in drafts last year. He was overvalued in the NFL drafts when he was taken by the Raiders, and um, I just don't know what the Raiders are trying to do with the running back position with the two of those guys there. I think they're just – maybe they're trying to have the most inefficient uh, running back room in the NFL. But again, mentioned Miles Sanders earlier – josh jacobs in our draft one one spot after t higgins and then like i I think that's the or sorry one spot before t higgins rather um i think that's a no-brainer to go for the wide receiver there but they're all guys that i think with with good reason are are in that dead zone where people are thinking safe volume they're going to get those carries um but at the end of the season it's it's not going to have that upside that you need to win your your championship
2: and the upside is the question there. I do think that it's, again, a pick that makes a lot of sense compared to other picks. And so if Jacobs falls even just slightly, once you have Deontay Johnson off the board, then I think selecting Jacobs makes a lot of sense you mentioned one of the Raiders doing I mean they've built a team here with investing much many more resources than they really should be on two guys who are not able to start in college now we look at Alabama as being basically a farm system for the NFL there are guys who haven't started at Alabama who are very clear starters in the NFL and yet at the same time it's just you know when you're putting together that team and you're thinking you know how do we compete with Patrick Mahomes, how do we compete with Justin Herbert? How do we compete with this elite group of skill position guys that Denver Broncos have put together outside of QB? I think that getting a lot of guys who were college backups is maybe not the way to do it. So I do have some skepticism about that. At the same time, you know, Jacobs is good. And so I like him there. I think that he is a good Stefan Stephon one of our great college football contributors and a contributor to the CFB podcast, is going to have a much deeper dive into Josh Jacobs coming out this week. Make sure you tune in to that. And Colin, the last guy that we have here, Nick Chubb. So I've said that I think that the range of outcomes tool is right. I give it the slight edge over the drafters on the first three guys, even though we personally would also not be picking those players, but we would be picking them earlier than some other running backs. The last one is tricky for me because this Nick Chubb, we had a great comment from a listener last week talking about the listener leagues and why he had picked Chubb, that makes sense, and yet I think that's going to be hard for Chubb to return value. Now, the range of outcomes tool actually likes him to be a little bit more involved in the receiving game. It gives him a 15.7 projection, and again, you may look at that and be like, man, that's that's low for Nick Chubb. That won't do it, and yet the the point here is that that still actually makes him a value. It projects him as the running back 5 as opposed to running back 10 by ADP the guys that he matches with give us a sense of why the tool likes him and why drafters like Matthew in our draft that we did together like him because those matches are Adrian Peterson, three different seasons from Marshawn Lynch when Marshawn Lynch had actually broken out and started playing better. And then a season from Dalvin Cook that Cook then followed up with his monster season last year. And so we can understand that. And yet at the same time, it's picking out some seasons from Lynch where he caught some passes. It's picking out sort of the one season from it's picking out the season from Dalvin cook, where he caught both more passes in the previous season. And then in the ensuing season, than we really can expect from Chubb. I think drafters are right about this. And yet that scenario that Matthew mentioned and that we discussed last week on the show, how do you think that plays out? Could he be a guy who is sort of peak Adrian Peterson? If, Hunt goes away and Baker Mayfield takes a step forward?
1: I think if Hunt goes away, he's up there to be top three. Like, I I don't know if he's going to outscore Christian McCaffrey, but if we can get like 60 targets for Chubb, I think we're like in an unbelievable spot. Um, I think uh, even in the draft that we did um, recently for the Football Guys draft, he went to the 201. um, That was running back eight. But, you know, I would prefer to have him over. Elliot. I'd prefer to I I would prefer to have him over Derrick Henry, but I still would probably only have him running back it because I i would still take Taylor and Barkley ahead of him. But I, I think that he's uh you know if, if anything happens to Hunt, there is a massive upside. But again, we're we're planning for we have to have that injury. I think if the two of them are there together, I think he, he is capped. But We've, we've, I think that our line always on Chubb is he's probably the best pure running back in the NFL from a running perspective. And it's just if we can, if we could just get him that bulk of, of targets and receptions, I think he would just absolutely.
2: So Chubb was one of the best pure running backs in the NFL last year. We have plenty of stats that suggest that anyone who's watched a football game recently will be able to tell you uh, in no uncertain terms as well. On the next show, we are going to talk about five heavily discounted running backs who are much better than advertised. And one of the things that we'll see is that they were closer to Chubb on a couple of key metrics than many people realize that may help them be better fantasy values in the 2021 season than people are expecting. Uh, A great tool from Dave Kaven, the Advanced Stats Explorer. We'll get into that on the next episode.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So, we'll have that one coming out for you on Thursday. We will be having the draft continue, as I mentioned, uh, that we did on Sunday. Check out those episodes. Uh, A lot of fun having that draft along with Sean. Let us know how you thought that team turned out. Uh, Send a tweet my way at Overtime Ireland. Uh, let us know your thoughts. As always, you can get yourself a listener's only 10% discount to his NFL Pass by adding the code RB Radio 2021 at checkout or going to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. Please drop us a review on your favorite podcast app. It does help us out a lot. We do appreciate it greatly. And until we're back with another edition of the show, my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at overtimarland.com. You can check out all of Sean's great work up at rotoviz.com. And of course, check out the Stephen Bananas podcast with Ben Gretsch as well. And until we're back with that next edition, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.